Hello and welcome to the AV Forums Movies Podcast for Bank Holiday Monday, the 1st of May. Tonight, I am joined by Simon Crust. Are we going to talk about Picard? Wait to the end to find out. Mark Costello. Evening all. And Tom Davis. I really hope we're not going to talk about Picard. This week, we're going to take a look at the second most expensive TV show of all time. Uh, the flashy waste of money that's Amazon's Citadel from the Russo brothers. We're going to look at the most expensive, one of the most expensive French films of all time, Three Musketeers, D'Artagnan. Uh, a, a surprisingly great Evil Dead sequel in Evil Dead Rise. Um, the Superman 4K collection, Ooh. including the fabulous fourth film. Um, Kislovsky's Double Life Veronique and Three Colors trilogy in 4K from Curzon. Curzon? Oh, oh, that's the word in that sentence. You struggle with the pronunciation with Kaz. What? Not Kislovsky? Yeah, I'm okay with Kislovsky. But you struggle with Curzon. Yeah, Curzon. 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 Oh, my my word. And a bunch of good TV. There's good TV. There's good TV. Good TV. I mean, we could talk about Picard, but we could. Good TV's finished. Netflix's Florida Man, which no one's seen. Um, Netflix Diplomat, which no one's seen, um, and Netflix's Sweet Tooth season two, which no one expected, given it took so long to come about. Paramount's Yellow Jacket season two, and Amazon's Dead Ringers, um, and that bloody Citadel thing. <laughs> anyway, before we get into that, let's have some comps. So, Mark, do you fancy reading the competitions and reading the three supporter winners? Oh, good grief. I get to do both. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, oh my days. Oh, my days. Right. You can still win a bunch of a bunch of Blu-ray titles from my April top 10, like The French Dispatch, Killer, Blade of the 47, Ronin, Project Wolf Hunting, and both Criterion releases. That's Wonder and Mystery Train. Plus a whole host of 4K titles, including Knock at the Cabin, Plane, Babylon, Second Sight's Martin, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Picnic at Hanging Rock, 4K limited edition sets, Arrow's Naked Lunch, and the four-movie Star Trek Next Generation set. Lots of goodies there. Uh, so head over to avforums.com forward slash competitions to enter. All competitions are open to eligible AV Forums members resident in the UK. Uh, and the previous competition, we, we, we've got lots, but the three... Uh, just to read out tonight, our star supporter Masaku won Saraban for Dead Lovers on Blu-ray. Supporter Togusa won VHS 99 on Blu-ray. And supporter Top Me Tom won Batman, The Doom That Came to Gotham on 4K. Well done, you lucky people. And there is actually also TV to win. Just to maybe overshadow all the Blu-rays. Apart that's, from... what, that's what you call bury the lead. Yeah, apart from maybe blade of the 47 ronin i mean yeah it's, it's a philips 65 inch oled 807 amberlight tv worth one pound 99.9 pence <laughs> no worth, worth a penny, penny short of two grand and uh, one pound 99 <laughs> That's why, they don't let, that's why they um, don't let us read the big competition. Yeah, I price. feel like... That's feel that's like... the ambi light for you. It just brings <laughs> the price right <laughs> it looks, It's brills. It Go looks, into that competition, everyone. It looks like a, a cracking competition. I worked mm. really hard to get a bunch of limited edition 4K sets. And now we got like this Philips TV. Uh, and I suspect like 300 people have already entered it. But anyway, there's that. So go and don't enter our blu-ray competition lots of goodies um, for everyone it's because we're such good friends with philip thanks philip <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's philip's tv really um okay so movies movies at the cinema movies we've Tom's seen, seen movies. the latest uh musketeers adaptation twice with orlando bloom no, 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 it's not that one. No, this not is the with one with Kiefer sutherland no 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 although man if they re-release that at the cinema i'm there Yes. Oliver Reed, no, that's a good um, one too. Yeah, we're almost there. He saw it in French with and without English subtitles, which is which is interesting. And you thought it was cracking. No one even, believes you. Absolutely even no one French. believes you, yeah. man. I um. So yeah, I I had the opportunity of seeing it at an advanced screening, um, and it it was I had a a whale of a time, and I sat there for an hour, um, and the subtitles did not kick in. 
And but I'm okay. Like it's the Three Musketeers. I I know it inside out. I know, I know what's going on when I watch the Three Musketeers. I so I thought I, I'm just going to stick with it. Um, and I got about halfway through. And even in French, with no subtitles, was loving it. Um, but I thought I I should come away and, and watch it from the beginning once they've got the subtitle issue sorted out, so that I can you know maybe past comment on the script which i don't think i did in the end (laughs) (laughs) um but it it is a whale of a time honestly it it is one of the yeah one of the most expensive french films um ever made it is in fact a co-production between i think uh france belgium and spain and um boy oh boy they pumping money into it they've they've pumped money into the production of it but also they are marketing marketing it like nuts um over on the continent at the moment what type of um, nuts <laughs> macadamia nuts, macadamia <laughs> nuts. <a> good nuts <laughs> <laughs> um but fair enough it, it's totally understandable that they're they're marketing it like like heck in order that, to try it's a whole and... franchise isn't it they're gonna but do like three exactly movies and a prequel and... no two movies yeah. and two spin-off tv shows uh yeah. i think is what's confirmed at the moment but yeah there's definitely an eye to creating like a a franchise so what's released at the moment is part one d'artagnan and um it doesn't quite tell the story of the first half if you are familiar with the three musketeers or like as a book or as the three and four musketeers from 73 and 75 um it doesn't follow the that story um word for word it is not a straight adaptation of um the book to film there is a lot of conglomerating events or just writing in new things that happen instead of other things in order to create the right balance of either um, tension or to build the stakes or to demonstrate who people are. And and um, it works. I was expecting to enjoy it, but I really enjoyed it. Um, High praise. Uh, yeah, it, I do want to watch it, but I do have one big, big question. Yeah. Do they use the classic one for all and all for one song in it? Song remix or original theme tune to the to they they yeah all for love is in there so um, that's (laughs) not not quite the same thing. Hashtag win. I mean, it's amazing how much the the Dogtanian TV show is you know indelibly linked to a classic. Undoubtedly. (laughs) French work. It's it's a dog tanyan is great in its own way. Like it's the first. Well, it's the first adaptation we probably all saw. Let's be honest. Probably true. Yeah, and then then we just spent the rest of the time going, "Mum, Dad, why are your boring old crusty actors remaking my favorite TV show?" Honestly, (laughs) tell you, Um, man, true. Yeah, but it's it's really good, and I don't think it has performed amazingly well in the uk i guess not hugely surprising for a foreign language movie um but it should because it is a classic action adventure it is just a romp it 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 moves at breakneck pace the action sequence are sequences are stunningly choreographed it is funny it's um sweet uh it's just really, really tightly structured. And um I the only hesitation I have in recommending it is that I'm I wasn't sold on the casting. So all, all the way through, I I tried to sort of get in line with the casting of the of D'Artagnan and the Three Musketeers. And the only one who really sort of hit it for me was Porthos. Um and the others are like flailing valiantly let's say <laughs> none of them none of them really like hit that sweet spot but it doesn't really matter because the story is so much fun and the film is just so um well crafted and um competently put together 
that it's just a great time just to sit down and soak it up for a couple of hours. And I couldn't be uh, more excited for part two, which I think comes this December. Oh, wow. wow. Quick turnaround. Real yeah. quick turnaround. But it was all filmed um, back to back. So it's 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 called Milady, isn't it? Or something yeah. Like that. Part one's yeah. D'Artagnan. Part two is Milady. Yeah. Um, you know the story. Too Furious. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Let's, should we bring out the old one of Electric Boogaloo? Let's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it um, sounds absolutely cracking. I'm really it glad cracking. it turned, turned out to be a good. I adaptation. will watch. Yeah, yes. go for it. Any yeah. idea what channel the TV show is going to be on? Ooh, I, I don't. I don't. Can- Canal Plus. almost certainly but yeah oh i mean if it is then it's likely to end up on something like uh, it's it's, no yes it'll end up sky yeah yeah, possibly i mean or or it could um hit something like uh all four as well uh we'll see we'll see what happens Mm -hmm. but the tv shows well the two movies are um, an adaptation of the book the TV shows are um, purely invented spin-offs. So there is one called Black Musketeer and there is one called Milady Origins. Um, <laughs> that second one sounds really dubious. <laughs> because you get, well, well, we'll see what happens. In the story of The Three Musketeers, you get the origins of Milady. No, no. They are spelled out. I know, but so... think, think Wolverine origins here. It could be good. Oh, helicopters. I mean, Excellent. We might see Ryan Reynolds with his mouth <laughs> yeah. sewn up. Yes. I am in. <laughs> oh, um, and Mark. Mark, you've been to the cinema too, and you've seen a sequel to a reboot of a franchise you love, and it was good, mm. which is the weirdest thing to... That that sentence doesn't normally work. Well, well, the thing is, it's if we hadn't have had Freddy Alvarez's 2013, is it a remake? Is it a, whatever it is of reboot? Evil Dead? Reboot? Uh, who knows? Who knows? Okay. But if we hadn't reboot. have had that, this would have been there would have been trepidation, there would have been angst, there'd have been all kinds of nerves about it. But we we got that now nearly well ten years ago, uh, and it was brilliant. And what? Uh, Bob Tapper, Sam Raimi, and Bruce Campbell have done wisely is they've turned over this fifth franchise entry to another new director. Apparently, Alvarez was asked to do a sequel, uh, but he never got around to it. He got caught up on Don't Breathe and, oh, my God, Don't Breathe too, uh, sadly. <laughs> uh, so he never got around to do it. So uh, the Raimi brothers and Bob Tapper cast uh, their net far and wide and 2019 at Sundance they caught the uh, the is it the uh, the hole in the ground whatever the, the the Lee Cronin's debut film which was brilliant by the way and said he's the man for us they turned it over to him and apparently it was completely hands off this is a Lee Cronin written film it's a Lee Cronin jaunt through and through wisely though it follows the insane ferocity of Alvarez's in terms of its tone uh, and its its look and its feel. Uh, it wisely leaves the cabin in the woods. We are now in downtown LA in the least salubrious part of downtown LA, a rundown tenement block. Uh, it's borderline, it's being uh, condemned. Uh, and in the midst of this is a sort of family reunion uh, two sisters are coming together. They've been estranged. One sister has three cute kids. The other sister is uh, a wild child, shall we say. She's a guitar tech. So, ooh, very dangerous and crazy. Uh, but while they're in the middle of all their good family stuff, there's an earthquake. Uh, a crack in the floor underneath the tenement block shows the way to a mysterious bank vault. And in the mysterious bank vault is an even more mysterious package. It is a book made of human flesh bound in barbed wire and live maggots. So like you do, one of the teenage kids picks it up and takes it home and starts having a little read. Uh, And yes, all hell literally breaks loose from there. So even though it's shifted location. It's shifted the dynamic of the people that are involved. All the other previous iterations have been 
friends. Now you've got a family, so that dynamic's different. Uh, but but other than that, that central tenet, it is classic Evil Dead. It is intense, absolute breakneck uh, ferocity once the demons start coming to play. There is a huge amount of uber violence. And again, like the rest of the franchise, it's all meted out by household objects small things that you that you can all go i can kind of imagine what one of those feels like i don't now need to imagine what a thousand of those stuck in my body feels like uh and for for three quarters of the film uh, two-thirds of the film it is on a par for me with alvarez's it is brutal it is violent it is gleeful it is deranged it is for want of a better word fun it flirts at the end. It tries to do something a little bit different and it brings in shades of uh, the thing, shall we say, which almost doesn't work for me. Uh, but at least it's doing something a little bit different in that. Uh, however, th there's some stuff that isn't quite as good as it has been in the past. They tried to do more with the setup. They tried to add more narrative around it. There are bookends that flirt with the idea of flashback and flash forward that just feels un unwieldy. Uh, and the mythos now around the ne Necronomicon just, it, it, it's its unnecessary and it, it slows the first act down to a point where if you go back and watch any of the other Evil Dead films, even when nothing is happening, Raimi and Alvarez has got, has got you on edge by its ridiculous camera angles and the energy that they put into it. You, you hit the ground running with those films and it never lets up here. There's a there's a slowish build up to it, and for me that first act dragged. But when all is said and done, when the, when it all ends and you're wiping the blood off your face as you leave in the cinema, it is a gory delight for fans. Probably, uh, if you didn't like Alvarez's 2013 film, you ain't gonna like this. But if you love that, I think there's an awful lot here to like. So yes, groovy. Which, frankly, every <laughs> review I've seen written as ends like that. So, you know, make it that Very point. Nice. I'm nothing if not generic. So, yeah. <laughs> mm. I, I, um, I understood that it looks amazing. It's chocked full of uh, gore, probably the best gore since maybe Terrified 2. Um, but the characters are a little bit lacking. That was uh, my interpretation. Yeah, possibly. Uh, I mean, the, the cast do well. The lead Deadeye, Alyssa Sutherland, she's an Australian actress who's in Vikings. Uh, you get more time with her and, and it really pays off because she is a creepy presence all the way throughout. And of course, it, it, it ratchets up because she's the mother to the kids. So when, you know, when she is spitting out these insane one-liners she's talking to her kids you know and, and the kids themselves are actually really good the two the two elder ones especially their fates shall we say that they, they are really really good in it so yeah, I, I think it's a bit unfair to say that the characters aren't that. i think it's more wrapped up in the whole setup and mythos and cronin's writing rather than you know anything particular to do with the cast or, or, or their characters uh but yeah, it's it's it's, it's good bloody fun, Blood, <laughs> bloody good fun. Good bloody. fun. Oh, oh, and I tell you one thing as well: we will have a fight over who gets to review the 4K disc because the soundtrack on this is a beast. <laughs> I am telling you, it's it's <laughs> it's going to be a demo disc for sure. So yeah, get it all pre-ordered, kids. Very nice, nice. Okay, well, talking about discs, and and another undoubtedly demo reference. Top 10 movie of all time, Superman, Quest for <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Simon, you've, you've had, I mean, it's, it is unlucky, really. You, you had already Superman in uh, yeah. the bag. Yeah, I saw reviewed I on reviewed that, what was that, four years ago? Yeah, know. yeah. And so this new set comes out and, and you're looking, looking at this gorgeous steelbook selection which, um, you know, five you know, deal books mm -hmm. in a box looks beautiful. Costs about as much as a car, and uh, and it, yeah, it's already got Superman in it. 
So, so get the other what ones. Do you, what, what do you do? We get the single disc, as <laughs> yeah. we know from last time we were on when I opened them in front of yes. the, uh, the paying audience. Um, yes. yes. Uh, and okay, now you've so spun them. I've spun and them. They they get better as they go along? Uh, well, it depends on which order you watch them, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I watched them in their intended order, which was uh, the second part, then the Donner cut, the kebab cut, and then the... Um, Part three, and then part four. So it was a, a it was it was uh, one one of them swift swiftly downhill. I think <laughs> we'll go. We were on a uh, on a precarious piece of uh, skiing as fast as we can, careering into trees and uh, crashing very very badly at the bottom of the uh, slopes. Um, so do you, what, should we just have a little laugh about four? Do yeah, we know sure. the story I mean... of why four was why it was? Yeah, let's talk. I mean, four, four from what I can gather was they ran out of money and they shipped yeah, it off. Basically, basically, yeah, it was uh, Canon's last uh, almost. Uh, they they were trying to make two films at once, Masters of the Universe and Superman 4. They managed to wrestle the rights to make Superman 4. Um, and they kind of realized that they'd bitten off more than they can chew as they were making them. So uh, instead of uh, slowing one down, and uh, sort of making one good one and one bad one, they decided to make two badly. Wrong. So wrong, Simon. <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> How dare you besmirch Masters of the Universe? So, uh, yeah. And, and, and for, it was actually uh, Superman 4 that suffered the most um, uh, in, in terms of effect, in terms of the script, in terms of them lopping out uh, some 30 minutes of footage to try and reduce the runtime so they can get more runs in during the day, hopefully to recoup the money that they were hemorrhaging on this other film. Uh, and, it, and it shows in the final product, unfortunately. Um, it's just uh, very, very uh, poorly scripted. It's... Um, quite a good idea actually i did quite like the idea of superman um deciding the fate of the world by uh disarming all the nuclear weapons i mean that's sort of the 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 ultimate uh i am god i am going to control the world but they didn't follow that up on anything all they did was you know put them in a big net and throw them in the sun i mean <laughs> i thought what in the world was fine with that okay and <laughs> Yeah, and then you've got Luther and his nephew. Oh God! <laughs> oh, it's just—it's dying. It's just so sad. Um, and to finish, and it, it literally killed the franchise, didn't it? It wiped it out for twenty years. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he come back with uh, no pants. Is that right? No, it's Brendan. Brendan next, wasn't it? Yeah. Didn't yeah, Brendan Rathbone still have no pants? No, he did have. No, pants. He did have pants. He did have pants. Yeah, because they decided to ignore three and four. Didn't they? So he, he mm. came back after. Are, are we uh, calling them pants? They, they, oh, <laughs> we need to call them wife underpants. Just, or maybe <laughs> WD forty. Maybe we need some WD forty. Yes. Yeah. Briefs. 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 Something. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. So anyway, um, yeah, he. Um, yeah, it's unfortunately it's. it's very very sad film uh and the disc isn't brilliant either i mean it's, there's nothing technically wrong with it i mean i scored it um eight and eight there's no new extras on it um it, it's a competent disc it's competent sound um but even if it was demo all the way through i don't know who would buy it apart from some <laughs> poor sub reviewer um, I mean, That's even how... even if you get it in the in the all singing, all dancing steelbook set, you're never ever going to play it, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's such a shame. It's yeah, such it, a shame it is because it, it, it's it's almost embarrassing to watch. That nobody seems to be knowing what they're doing. You know, mm. you've got these fabulous character actors, and they all look like morons, and they all act like idiots. It's just kind of like us, say. Well, yeah, yeah. I do have fond memories of every other iteration. Every other movie in 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 one way or shape, of mm. but the I've, fourth I've, one I haven't forgiven Crust for giving Superman three or five. Can't <laughs> can't 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 even Did look I? at you. Can't even look at you, man. You gave the film a five. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you sure that was not four? 
No, 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 that was two. Uh, two. You gave that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was bad. Yeah, I think that was only because it was quite that, a good script, and we're not allowed to give ones. The effect of that knocked on to three. <laughs> yeah, well, it is a five, isn't it? I mean, it's a barely average <laughs> film. That third, third film, it's average, right at the very best. It's nowhere better than satisfactory, is it? Eleven-year-old me has a real problem with that side. <laughs> I'm I'm backing you up all the way, Samuel. <laughs> I'm I'm never going to choose to watch Superman three again. I I've seen it. That's okay. I, I almost wore my massive big foam Stetson just just for today. I thought no, I won't give him the satisfaction. God damn it! Yeah. Simon's got other problems when it comes yeah. to scoring, <laughs> which we may come on to later to be revealed. <laughs> Oh yes. Well, that wasn't as fun um, fun for you as I'd hoped by reviewing the mm. Superman. Movie. You hoped it was going to be fun, Kaz. Yeah, I suppose I'm, I'm. I suppose I thought uh, Superman's coming to 4K, and I, I, and maybe I'm blinded by the fact that the first two are really good, and there's a new cut of the second one. Not new, but like there is a there was a, a second cut. cut. Yeah, which is and quite Kaz was like, what would be fun? Making someone else watch them. <laughs> 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 yes, just, yeah, they're going to be so great. I ain't touching them with the barge. Oh point. man, come yeah. on! I watched like four films in French and Polish. So I I would have watched Superman get sucked into a mainframe by angry wires. <laughs> <laughs> you know it, nightmare fodder, Kaz. Nightmare fodder. It's my is. green glue. <laughs> 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 Oh, right. So uh, Mark has um, has taken a shine to indicators. Mm. Yes, uh, I, I, I'll be brief here because the review isn't up yet. It's an early access, but it's not out till next week. Oh, so we shouldn't even uh, talk about it. Well, we, we tease, tease them, Kaz. Tease <laughs> them. So Shiver, Shiver of the Vampire. Indicator's sh- first ever 4K release. Right, yes. and moving on... <laughs> <laughs> Go on, <laughs> honestly. Uh, so it's it's a interestingly enough, it's a Jean Roland film. I'd never seen any of Jean Roland films, but apparently he likes naked women and vampires and surrealism. Well, who so doesn't? Uh, you know exactly, it is pretty much that with added hippies. Uh, but whites of note is it is Indicator, the uh, uh, boutique label of choice for mm. uh, noir fans and other discerning film lovers uh, here in the UK. It is their first UK disc. Uh, UK 4K disc, I should say that, and another rolling film called Two Orphan Vampires, I think. Uh, The the film is is what it is. But what's really interesting about it, in most of the boutiques, uh, in their little booklets, they have a little set of notes about the restoration that they've done. And what's really funny in the one for Shiver the Vampires is you can tell the indicator have looked at the 4K market. They have looked at what is important to fans. And I shall read out what they have written in their booklet. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. No grain management, edge enhancement or sharpening tools were employed to artificially alter the image in any way. It might so as well have been finished with stick that in your pipe and smoke it, blu-ray.com, <laughs> frankly. Uh, but what all that means is they're off to a fly because they've got the fundamentals right. Uh, yeah. It's it's not the, the greatest looking film. It's thick, it's chewy, it's textured, uh, but that's all how Roland shot it. Uh, and it looks great for its source and for what it is. It sounds great. It's got the usual raft of extras, the hard slip box now, which is a new thing, I think, for the uh, standard single films for 4K looks great. It is a fantastic start for Indicator in terms of the 4K uh, market. So long may it continue, especially with some of the films that they've got in their uh, vault. So, yeah, yeah I agree. Well, I hope it, well I hope it does well because it's a bit of a peculiar one to kick off with, but. Yeah, and Indicator have got a few titles which I would love to see them put out uh, a 4K of. Mm. So if this does well, then maybe mm. we will see some Christine, for example. I think they have. I would love to see Christine. Just, just like import, a... import the Sony one. No, 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 no. I want to see a. I want to see a proper. <laughs> I don't. Wanna, I'm not. I'm not importing any foreign. I've seen enough foreign yeah, stuff. What does Sony know about 4K? <laughs> Completely agree. I'm glad we're on the same page. 
so yeah, Shiver the Vampires, it's out a week today. Go Did buy we? it because it looks great and it's full of naked women. And do you find out why they're so shivery? Do they put on a cardi at the end? No, it's just oh, because they're, they're naked. It's because they're, they're naked, Tom. Yeah. yeah, it's quite obviously in the title. Actually, although, although the French title is better because I think the French title is Le Frisson de la Vampire. That sounds that sounds a bit saucier. That's better. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Kislovsky. Um, so I've, I've been checking out Curzon's. 4K releases of Kazon's. Uh, Kazon. Are they are they the artists formerly known as Tartan? I mean, what? what no, I think they're artificial eye. Well, artificial eye. That's it. So artificial eye kind of died. Yeah, it got folded into yeah Kazon. Kazon. <laughs> yes. So Kazon mm. has come out of it with uh, a couple of corkers. Um, they did Christoph Kislovsky's uh, Double Life of Veronique. And it's a very nice set. Um, it's uh, it's a kind of precursor to his Three Colors movies. I've I've cordially referred to it as as the fourth color in the in a, in what could have been a quadrilogy because uh, it's extremely gold and it's very thematically on point. Um, but he's he's they've done a a stand up job with all of them in my opinion. But there has been furore over just how red white and blue the three colors now are i mean what delicious honestly, irony it's yeah it's these are absolutely spectacular classics which uh it's it's uh, it's amazing that we're getting them on 4k it's a lovely lovely sets they've spent time and effort restoring them details tremendous they look leagues above anything i've previously seen even the criterion ones and I think that it's been a pleasure revisiting them with this much love and attention put into them. Did I sit there and go, this isn't blue enough for me? I remember when it was more blue. It was not, that wasn't a pun intended primary concern of mine whilst <laughs> watching any of the movies. Um, I, I found that the blues employed in Three Colours Blue were on point looked fantastic particularly the swimming pool scenes and there's one at night in the swimming pool where it's completely blue and uh, it looks fantastic there's no there's no bleeding there's no crush i mean it looks looks gorgeous and she's got the um her daughter's kind of um, i'm gonna i'm gonna call it a lampshade but it isn't it's it's that she she hangs it in her room which is also blue and uh, that looks fantastic um, I think I think that I don't have any problems with what they've done with this. They've made a, a lovely looking set of films that all look quintessentially kind of of the period. And they all look very much in line with what a very specific uh, cinematographer wanted the film to look like to the point where he went to Kislovsky. I'm going to shoot one of your colors in, in one of your films in green. Or I'm not going to be friends with you anymore. And, and Kislovsky went, sure. It was on the Decalogue. So he, he he went, sure, I've got nine others to play with. So you can have one in green. But ever since then, this guy's been like, what color can I get away with this time? So they're very, it's a very specific look. And and he's had a hand in how they look now. And I've got I've got no issues with that. I think that there's there's a lot of uh interviews and quotes said about how this is how they would have wanted the film to look had they been able to accomplish it in previous iterations and that's the same for blue white and then red my personal favorite's white each their own i do not recommend coming into these films completely blind and going Oh, these these are classics, so they're going to really win me over. They take a they take a certain amount of time and love and attention. Um, but I think he was a cracking director with a real attention for the human condition and you know just people going through crap, whilst at the same time blending in some very almost supernatural, preternatural. Um, happenstance and 
uh, in such a way that that gives them uh, a unique flavor i think i think they're masterpieces and i think the sets work really works well together by the time if you watch all three and by the time you get to the end of red it's very very satisfying run um so i haven't seen it for years and years excellent. no no and i can see that and I, mark was saying um you've never seen them no no, no 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 i have i i, I saw them oh like say years probably ago. a decade it was donkey's years ago oh, probably no. probably on blu-ray might have even been on film four i can't actually remember um i remember being very very taken blue um then white and then red so that was the order i mean that's still yes, that they're supposed to watch them and that's kind of the, the, that's the natural people, that's the yeah. standard order that people prefer them in blue is their favorite mm. blue's got a blue's got a very uh good hook which is you know bereaved widow lost husband and child it's a very good hook and it's un unusual for Kozlowski because he plays around with with elements of feelings and characters normally in a much more opaque way whereas in in blue he hits you right from the start mm. and you have to follow that character is a much easier um movie to get on board with than some of his others where it's just it's like what the hell is going on here um but but yes I I think you need to have one that you like so if Cy likes blue that'll be why he goes back in and watches all three mm. but you have to kind of really have one that you that you like i think is white the the more comedic one it, that, it that is starts, it's quite starts, dark. At the, starts at the quarry with someone with a someone with a suitcase that's all i, I mean it, from yeah that. it's a, it's got the quarry in the suitcase it doesn't start yes. like that but it's it's oh. quite dark in its core it's it's kind of a it's kind mm. of a equal parts love story and revenge story which See, is, that that's the one that um, stuck with me more interestingly enough so there you go i, I I'm, I'm going to revisit more okay yes You've convinced you me, Kaz. I have. I really for that price point. It is quite I'm, 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 I'm not, yeah. not going to revisit them all now. Don't be dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us what we have to look forward to on 4K Mark. Super quickly, read them out so far. Have you, you done? Super quickly. All right. Uh, okay. Rattling through. Warner Brothers. Uh, Chevy Chase classic Vacation. I oh, won't no. sing the Lindsay Buckingham classic theme song on June 27th. Paramount are giving us the Truman Show on the 4th of July and Universal only in France. It's announced, but I'm sure it will come out elsewhere. Give us a 50th anniversary American graffiti 4K steelbook on the 6th of July. Uh, Evil Dead Rise, as we were speaking about, has got a tentative US release date of June 27th. So yeah, I believe that. that's my disc to review. Yeah, I think that's the one you want Simon to, to review. You said that earlier. Right. Uh, <laughs> interestingly enough, while uh, last month we last week or last fortnight, I should say, we we talked about Arrow's new Bruce Lee box set, which is a UK release only. But the Ooh. lucky blighters over in the US at the same time get Scorsese's Hugo on a fully stacked disc, which includes the 3D version as well as the 4K version. 3D poster, awesome. So uh, that's pretty good. Uh, Shout Factory have announced some groovy update, or sorry, upgrades for World War Z and that that film with Logan Marshall Green, where he gets improvements and enhancements, refurbishments, revamps. What's it called again? Update. Uh, Barney Man. Update. Um, that's the one. Reboot. Uh, so so they're all coming out. Uh, Robocop. Uh, and uh, the other thing that that certainly makes me happy because I never got round to buying the Kino disc, is the mighty hard target. Jean-Claude <sighs> Van Damme's finest hour mm. is coming to the UK on June 26th. Dear, oh dear. Uh, there's some other stuff there as well. And if we had time, I would let you know that the UK is the only region getting a 4K release of Cocaine Bear, because then Tom and I could have had a bit of an interesting discussion about it. We still uh, could. Why not? We, we don't have time. Well, yeah, we you, do. Well, of course we do. Look what time right. it is. We've got loads of time. All right, fantastic. So, Tom, what did you think of Cocaine Bear? <laughs> Wait, are we going to do this when you review it? Oh, am I, am I going to review it? Yeah. Oh, okay, it... all right. We'll, we'll wait we'll, we'll wait till then. Okay. <laughs> Suck it back in. Suck there you it go. back in. So, that's, so, that's something so to look focus. forward to, isn't it? Yeah, focus on the tat you get with yes. hard targets. For 45 quid, you get not only a steel book, but you get... Oh, I want art cards. art cards. You get art cards. I don't think you get dog tags. And I I feel Do like the dog tags with like an arrow stuck through them would have been you get art cards though. For that like price, a... I want a slice of Arnold Vosloo's scalp. 
It's just uh, <laughs> God, is it weird. 45 is it 45 weird. quid? I think it's 45 quid and oh, and it comes oh, it has a slip case. It's got a slip case and art cards. I'm sure it's got something else. It's got a book. The it's novel book. that it's based on? Which is like a page, one liner. It's like, it's like Van Dam run, people chase. Bad men hunt other men. I think Hero it's a, stops them. It's a lesser known uh, Dostoevsky work, isn't it? It's a single page. It says Van Dam is a hard target. Like... Yeah, it includes the a, a reproduction of the original source pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the title it's hard targets. Yeah, yeah, it's one page for dialogue. But um, um, I'm I'm hoping for the inclusion of the Scott Adkins starring Hard Target 2. Oh my god, don't. I actually watched that. I own it. Anyway, we, we don't, anyway. We don't need to we don't yeah. need to we had so much time we could have talked about Picard, but we had to talk about hard targets art cards. <laughs> so streaming, <laughs> we have to talk about Cisco. Go for it. I've gone for, to great lengths to find this backdrop, which is from Citadel. I think because I can't really remember it, but it's it's um, Citadel, right? Okay, so Amazon, Amazon's spending a lot of money at the moment. They bought Bond, right, and then they got the most expensive TV show of all time, which was Rings of Power, and then they made Citadel. And they haven't just made Citadel. I think they're planning on doing three different shows in different languages and different continents and some other spin-off stuff, probably Citadel Origins. Uh, they invested a lot of money in this. This is the second most expensive show. And I think I think Rings of Power is like 52 million an episode. And this is 50 million. So the difference is minimal it's a ridiculous amount of money that they've thrown at this show the russo brothers are kind of tangentially involved i mean they've stuck their names on it to give it some credibility but also they kind of swooped in to try and fix it because it probably looked even worse before um and they've cast made some interesting casting choices as well because they've got i was going to call him john but he isn't john he's richard madden and they've got Priyanka Chopra Jonas. I can't get used to calling her that. Just... Anyway, so they've got those two. It's not the it's not the star power that three hundred million, fifty million an episode flagship, you know, TV franchise thing needs. But interestingly, Rings of Power had Lenny Henry. But that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, but Rings of Power has has um. As franchise cachet, doesn't it? Rings of yeah. Rings of Power could have anyone the, in it. The star fact, is the the IP as yeah, opposed to I yes. Think, was that, were there we... any famous people in Rings of Power except for Lenny Henry? Uh, more more uh, Clark, Clark. But I wouldn't was... call her like an A lister. She's good. Well, no, she's no A lister. But uh, I don't think I think things like that, things like a lot of the Star Wars stuff, they don't need star power, do they? Mm, they've got very true. They've got, they've got the, the IP. Yeah, they have. Whereas, what the hell is Citadel? <laughs> I mean, so they're trying to make it ground up, fine, but don't don't cast. Well, what's it about, Kaz? I mean, I I, I know I've read you. Right. Okay. So it is about just about everything else you've ever seen to do with spies, isn't it? It's a it's a couple of spies bickering who uh, kind of work together, and they're both the best of the best of the best elite ninja spies don't work for any one country these are the spies who come in as like global peacekeepers to fix things uh-huh. beyond the realms of nations they they are citadel so it's the spies like us reboot so you got you got these two chumps on a train and they're they're the best of the best obviously they're looking for some target and they're also arguing because they kind of like each other. They kind of maybe used to have a thing, don't have a thing anymore. Now they just talk nonsense at each other and it doesn't work. Zero chemistry, great. Both think they're amazing. They're not really. He spends 10 minutes getting his ass handed to him in a bathroom for no reason other than to enable her. To I'm assuming that was for a fight. 
Yeah. Just, 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 just qualify that, Kaz. No, I don't need to, other than for your mind. <laughs> uh, just while like Priyanka Chopra gets to have an exposition conversation with the, it turns out that someone's out for Citadel. And boom, eight years later. Like, that's how right. it starts. And the premise is that someone wiped out Citadel. Um, the bad guys still need to be presumably hunted. And eight years later, these two people, given that they're on the poster, who survived the shenanigans at the start of the episode, uh, have to figure out what their lives once were and maybe go back and... I mean, Jesus, they lost me at eight years later. Like, really? <laughs> oh, really? You look the same. Uh, and you've got a wife. And I don't care about her because... So anyway, anyway, it's, it's money very, well spent. It's very derivative. The action is moderately entertaining. Some of the fight scenes are okay. I mean, I bear in mind I watched Ghosted like a week earlier. I was, I was, this was better. And and no, I praise. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Stanley Tucci's great in it, and so they just shove him out the door after, at the end of the first episode because he's just cracking. He uh, executes three people and with a smile on his face, has great lines, knows the perfect delivery, takes down everybody around him in a very witty fashion, and he just outshines, particularly the two leads. So they just they're <laughs> like, "No, Stan, we can't can't be doing this <laughs> on a regular. You got to go and sit in that room until." you know, until we're ready for you to come out. Yeah, so the very last episode. Yeah. yeah. So it's a bit of a shame there. Some of the fighting's okay. Some of the um some of the other characters are okay. The main two don't they don't have anything going for them. Um actually Priyanka Chopra is more convincing in action, which I never thought I'd say, but she's she seems an interesting protagonist in terms of her fighting. To follow other than the fact that obviously she has to face off against people who are six foot tall and twice as heavier as her and jump in the air and headbutt headbutt them and and you're like that i'm i'm not going to do that so like don't but um we're two episodes in six episodes i don't know what's going to happen in the other four well actually i do because they showed a little clip at the end of the two episodes that shows you everything that's going to happen but <laughs> it's it's very familiar tv i can't get over the 300 million and I can't endorse it. Mm. I watch a lot of trash. I, I'd watch like a straight to video <laughs> Steven Seagal movie that was made for 16 million, 15 and a half of which went into his latest jacket. And uh, it, it's, I know it's trash. And so I can, I can be entertained by the nonsense I'm watching without feeling too guilty. 300 million, what are you guys playing at? Train's not even real. <laughs> Just like, doesn't even look like they've spent money on making a real train out of effects. It just looks like, anyway. There is good so, TV though. There's good. T I'm not recommending Citadel in case you guys weren't clear on that, but there is oh, good right. TV out there. Um, I Mark liked Dead Ringers, but doesn't anymore. And I can, <laughs> I can see that because I'm I'm following following that. Uh, yeah, Dead Ringers. So I actually finished the entire season today. Uh, oh, and, and did it yeah, did it go get back a, a, a little bit a, li a little bit anyway uh it is a very loose readaptation of yes this it's got the same dna as cronenberg's 1988 film with jeremy irons uh yeah. two brilliant twins beverly and elliot mantle uh world-renowned gynecologists here they're obstetricians as well uh, let's just say their lives become embroiled after one of them falls in love with an actress uh, and it all kind of goes downhill for both of them after that. So it keeps the same plot outline, but it jettisons pretty much everything else. Gone is Cronenberg's sort of grand guinol gothic body horror type stuff. In, in comes a, a very, very now look at successful women who can't have it all the links between family actually the gender swap here works really well because it brings in themes that they couldn't have explored previously one of the twins uh wants a child and can't have it so that starts yeah. to 
feed into some of the broader themes about medical research, medical ethics, all this kind of stuff. It starts with a real bang. Rachel Weiss plays both twins and she is insanely good. She's really good, isn't she? She's very She's amazing. Both, yeah. I, I, I mean, make, make no two bones about it. The first 30 seconds, she's probably dropped the C word about 10 times. Mm. Uh, it is full of vastly creative swearing. It is full of grimy, horrible sex. It's full of some intense scenes of actual childbirth that, well, yeah, it was it, it, it was eye-opening, shall we say. However, the problem with this is it's six episodes. It starts off with a real bang because it sets all these threads up. It's wildly uneven across its six episodes. There's an epi- episode two just feels like completely anachronistic. And you could take episode two out and it has no impact whatsoever on the rest of the show. It's basically uh, the entire show is a pitch for big farmer money for the twins to go and build this this birthing center they want but that's it and it's just horrible people being horrible doing horrible things and saying horrible things it's just not needed uh but it does pick up towards the end as it starts to bring these these twins the lives of these twins that have become so entwined and it does kind of end on a broadly similar note as the cronenberg film slightly different but it's it's worth sticking with it, and it and it's relatively short at six episodes. It's worth it for for Weiss because she is absolutely brilliant in it, and it is worth it for. It does pose some interesting questions about modern day uh, medical ethics, modern day healthcare. The number of times people say, you know, the current culture, our current world treats pregnancy as if it is a disease, you know, things like this. There's some interesting stuff in there. And there is just just enough of the nutso, gonzo, weird stuff that Cronenberg had in spades to just keep you going. All right. How weird is this going to get? So, yes, uh, I scored the opening episode an eight. I think I would probably score the entire season a seven because it was just uneven and patchy. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's an interesting, very different beast to Cronenberg's film, but nonetheless worthwhile watching. Nice. Okay. All right. Um, we're going to, I reckon we come back to Yellow Jackets once you finished it and hear a little bit about Sweet Tooth from Tom. Sure, because just a little, just a little you, bit. You weren't because, expecting it, were you, Tom? I mean, I, do you know what? I, quite the opposite. I, I've been expecting it for a very long oh, time. Okay. Yeah. They, um, It wasn't that long after season one released, and I think it released in the spring of 21, um, that they received the green light for a second season. And then nothing, just complete radio silence for two years. And then suddenly here it is again. Um, So I was really, really keen to catch up on it because it was one of those things that I was asked to watch, I think, for for (laughs) review, expecting it to be sort of like, okay, you know, it's sort of a broad appeal, family entertainment, comic booky, post-apocalyptic. Oh, yeah, you know, we see, we've seen this stuff before. And actually, the first season turned out to be absolutely cracking and, and just inventive and surprisingly dark and uh, full, just full of really captivating performances and beautiful scenery. And um, I think in... The review that I gave of the first season, the only thing that was out of place really is is the arch villain of the series, who is this um uh I think he's is he a general? Anyway, he's a sort of paramilitary figure who is looking to kidnap hybrids for medical research. And the hybrids are these children who are um half human, half animal, who were created around the time of um a pandemic. I say created, they started appearing around the same time as um, a huge pandemic. Um, And so coming out in 2021, it was like, it was pretty bold to base this show, which is so, um, I wouldn't say, it's not mean-spirited towards children, but it puts kids through the ringer 
in the midst of a pandemic where everybody is masked up and washing their hands constantly. So uh, when it came out in 21, it was like, man, this is this is daring and kind of on the nose and a bit uncomfortable. And it ran with that and was all the better for it. It's come back and there's another um, eight episodes now on Netflix. I've seen the first three. No, I've seen the first four. And um, I reviewed the first episode and the first episode is a really effective and um, entertaining reintroduction to the situation and the characters. And um, it's a really nice piece of writing. Clearly kept up the tight structure, the excellent pacing, the gorgeous cinematography, um, and the, the the characterization from the first season. It didn't really go any further than that in the first episode, and I guess it, it doesn't really need to. As the series has progressed, um, one of my main criticisms of the first episode of the second season was, it's not as dark as it used to be. I retract that. It is <laughs> bleak as heck. And um, it it's just one of those things that seems to fly under the radar for a lot of people, but it's absolutely great genre stuff. Um, and Netflix puts out a ton of slightly fantasy-ish, slightly sci-fi-ish, teenage um, main character fronted genre tv shows and there's just a sea of these things and it, there's a worry that it's going to just get lost in that sea of um generic blandness when in fact it it pulls itself right above almost all of those things and um the creativity and the talent behind and in front of the camera just makes it it makes the time fly by and I, I can't wait to finish the season. And as soon as I do, I'll, I'll be updating the review. But if you've not seen the first season, go and check it out, catch up on it. It's there's only eight episodes. There's only eight episodes of this season. It's not a huge time sink and you won't regret it. It's well worth it. Nice. Excellent. All right. I must need to go back for that one. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I need to start from the beginning on that. It's been on my watch list since it first came out. <laughs> Three years on the watch list. Mm -hmm. there was well, a, I was waiting there's... for the second season, you know, what did it do? was a recap at the start of season two, um, which lasts maybe 10 minutes. And I was like, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. I, yeah, it's tough. There is a lot of good TV out there. And knowing whether it's going to be good or not is, I guess, something we, we try and help with. But it's hard to to get around to watching just all of it i've seen a Picard couple of shows pretty good yeah i heard i heard about that i heard a couple of people talking about that previously i'm going to shout out to a couple of shows though that i don't think anyone was on anyone's radar um for different reasons i saw i watched the diplomat which is a bit it's a it's a bit west wingy um it's also what was that one the diplomat the diplomat on, yeah it's on netflix it's a bit west wingy but also after what Netflix did to Designated Survivor, people were a bit concerned. And there is a bit of flash to it that wasn't in West Wing. But I found at the end of watching this, I was extremely impressed that the entire show managed to survive on just words. Some of the best episodes in it were just a couple of people standing in a kitchen eating some cheese trying to figure out how to persuade an extremely volatile prime minister from starting world war three that, that that should be a show actually standing in a kitchen eating cheese that, yeah. that absolutely <laughs> is it's it's just that, that the, is good stuff the dialogue and the the tension comes from the dialogue and knowing which cheese they're going to choose yeah mm. knowing, knowing what could possibly cracker. happen no if cracker they, if they don't persuade uh key powerful people president and the prime minister and uh, of other countries to kind of not just start lobbing missiles and blowing stuff up they don't throw cheese please tell me they don't throw cheese there there is there is there is some che more cheese in it anyway I really enjoyed that. The other it thing, sounds really gouda. 
Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no. I like how sad that made Mark. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Part of me's literally just died inside. Other uh, thing I'd recommend is Florida Man. Um, do they eat cheese in that? Otherwise, there's no cheese it. in Florida, I don't oh, think, that I can see. But yeah, Monterey Jack's boring, no. This is Edgar Ramirez um, coming to TV and getting his own little TV show again for Netflix. Anthony uh, LaPaglia and Abby Lee, who was in. Was she in Candy? Country. Was she in Candy as well? With uh, I can't remember. No, so name she was in well. Mad Max Fury Road and she was in Love Love Country. Yes. Um, anyway, it's very modern, noir, quirky, different. It's kind of a long con plot with some a bunch of murky characters, a slightly offbeat wit to it. Uh, so no one's really a tough guy and no one's really clean. Um, and they all end up in Florida in a horrific confluence of circumstances for some gold that imaginary gold that people think has been there since the Spanish Armada sunk. Um, uh, it's very nicely put together. I mean, I, in the, in the recommendations, I said inherent vice and under the silver lake, it's very hard to place. What? This sounds great. I'm on it. Yeah, it's, it's like very weird. It's a very weird show that doesn't quite, fit the bill for anything the main guy isn't a hero uh, the main girl isn't quite a femme fatale the the bad guys are all they're kind of bad they're a bit goofy as well you know it's it's nice and colorful um i, I think it, again it's gone under people's radars i mean it's it, i found it very uh involving and i liked i liked that they tried every episode to start off with a bit of a background into one of the characters that you thought you knew. And then you see some flashbacks and some stuff that explains how they came to be. And a shout out because Abby Lee, uh, I've never really paid attention, but she is absolutely scene stealing in this. She is, uh, it's a very, right from the end, a very interesting end to the first episode. She is um, absolutely the standout star. Um, anyway, that's another show you guys so, as, as are that, never going to watch. Has that dropped in its entirety? That's not coming out. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Netflix style. So they have, they've dropped it all. Um, that I think that's in early access. Diplomat is, I'm going to update for a full season. And I, I really, I really enjoyed both of them. What? Excellent. Uh, under what we've been watching, but isn't already covered. So, I sorry, 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 yeah. Kaz, can I just jump in? Because I realise uh, being all AV and stuff like that, there is one thing I should probably mention back to Dead Ringers. Yeah. Oh, is, yeah. It, it is one of the... If anyone watches it, do not adjust your TV. It <clears> looks that bad on purpose. It is <laughs> one of the worst UHD... HDR implementations I have ever seen. It just looks like someone stuck a burlap sack in front of the camera and filmed everyone through it. It's grim, it's dark, it's grimy, it's grotty. It just looks terrible. And it continues all the way through. There's just no let up. It, it looks dreadful. So if anyone is going to brave dead ringers, beware. You're going to have to brave that god awful uh, visual presentation as well. So yes. I mean, Sorry, I, I, back to you. I've got Paramount Plus, so honestly, I didn't sit through Dead Ringers going, "This is a god awful presentation." <laughs> I was like, "This is a step up." <laughs> so, um, under under recommended, you guys, none of you have tried Shrinking, so I'm guessing that's not that's going to get skipped. But I wanted to ask: Has anyone seen Beef or Big Door Prize? No, no, no. There's no. We've not been keeping up, Kaz. We've been watching all that other crap we've just been I know, talking I mean, about. I hear, I hear Beef is supposed to be really good. I started Big Door Prize. I want to kill the guy. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I do. I'm, anyway, I recommend we make a dent in these if anyone's <sighs> right. not busy watching the Fatal Attraction TV show. Um, coming be no soon. one then. <laughs> coming soon. I'm going to go see Guardians. I think Tom's going to see Guardians. We're going to hope it's good. We're gonna hope it's good. We're hoping it's good, Tom. I'll get around to it at some point. I, I'm sure. I'm sure it will be. I think. I think what I've said to you 
off air is that I imagine it will be pretty good, but not good enough to course correct for the however many god awful MCU movies we've had in the past few years. Oh. So I think it'll be fun, but I don't think I'll go in and see it like, Marvel's back, baby! No. No, yeah. (laughs) Oh, please just do that anyway, Tom. Way too much energy than you've ever had. I feel like that's going to be my pull-out tagline now. (laughs) (laughs) How are you going to replicate the tone of voice? That's what I'm going (laughs) to Tom says. Uh, I'm also checking out Studio Canal's Brotherhood of the Wolf 4K, which looks cracking. One of my all-time absolute favourite movies. Um, And revisiting Strange New Worlds in 4K, at which point, undoubtedly, we're going to have to talk about Picard and and New Trek, and there's another Trek. We can just talk about Strange New Worlds. That's fine. No, I feel like there are a lot of people who are just eager to talk. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Does that, mean, does that mean I've got to watch Discovery? Oh, no, God, no. We're going we're gonna to talk, but don't worry. I think you're at a wedding, Tom. Hey! <laughs> Simon's going to talk Fear and Loathing 4K. I am. Uh, it's already in early access, I think. It is. And it's a brilliant movie. And an easy <laughs> eight out of ten, Simon. Well, we shall see. <laughs> 40% worse than Dog Soldiers, everyone, apparently. <laughs> oh, my God. It's... it's, it's The world is ending. The it's world not is ending. It's like a um, youth-defining movie for me, and Simon's just like, yeah, it's all right. I, you know what? I never got on with it. Anyway, we can talk about it. This is coming we soon. We can talk about it when it coming, comes... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Coming soon. Um, okay. He's also checking out Knock, Knock at the Cabin 4K. Um, Mark's getting Second Sight's Changeling 4K. Nice, Um, and which Tom is looking forward to, but he will never know how good the disc is because we'll do it when you're not here. So, and never know. George Um, C. Scott is too grumpy, six out of ten. There's loads of streaming. Tom's gonna check out Zach Braff's latest Happy Peace, a good person with Florence Pugh. How how cringe is it gonna be? I'm I will take your bets. Florence Pugh and uh, Morgan Freeman, three hundred year old Morgan Freeman, going to be. Gonna be... Or Zach Braff, he gets a bad rap, doesn't he? I, I, I don't hate Garden State as much as a lot of people. But Are you kidding um... me, I love Garden State. Cool. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I've got all the time in the world for Garden State and the sound. It's no Scrubs. Come on. Oh my God, man. That's a good song. Right. I like that song, Mark. <laughs> oh. Okay. And some unlucky sucker. Is going to have to endure Paramount's adaptation of To Face All the Tracks. Let's be I honest. Vote, I vote it's, Kaz. It's going to be you, Kaz. <laughs> <laughs> if you want something written about it, you're going to be the one writing. <laughs> I think I apply that to almost everything that comes out. <laughs> uh, I want something written about the diplomat. Oh, God, I'm going to have to watch it all. Um, yeah. Okay. Sure. Do I have to? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, okay. just just a fatal attraction. Laugh out of ten. That's it. You did the four K mark. You did the four K the which other is, day, which is, which is exactly. I just couldn't. I couldn't separate this from the old piece of work. As I'm the worst person to do this. Yeah. Mm. Mm. No. <laughs> right. That's it. That's it for Don't the Forums podcast this week. My thanks to the movies team. Mark Stello. Night, night, all. Simon Crust. Stay tuned for more Picard. And Tom Davis. That's me. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, please give us a like and subscribe to the channel. Plus hit the notification bell so you don't miss out when we publish our live streams, product reviews, and more. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and bookmarkavforums.com for the latest reviews, news, and videos. Plus, why not leave us a five-star rating on whichever service you use if they allow it, but only if you enjoyed the show. I am Kaz Harlow. Thank you for watching and listening, and join us for another podcast soon. <laughs>